I want to tell you a story. It's a little messy, but it's earnest. Can you listen carefully? Who killed Alaska? Five and a half stories. Part two. What are you doing? Taking off my mask. You don't have to do that. You... You look like you've seen a ghost. No why, though. Nice face. Yeah, I know. Contrary to what you might expect, I wear the mask and goggles because when people look at my face, there's nothing wrong with it. I'll just... I'll just tell you how the story goes. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, starting from... The start. As a kid, hide-and-seek was the most fun thing to do. Because I could just, I could spend time alone. I've always been treated different because people can't stop looking at me and they can't look away. Five was a rough year. The adults always crowded me. They like my face. I missed being four. Then I went into school and, and one by one, my classmates happened to glance in my direction. And, and as soon as they did, they, they were stuck staring at me. So by the end of every class, the whole room was looking at me while talking about circles and squares. The teacher couldn't even look around for raised hands while, or, or even write on the board or, or, or read from books. That's why I say I had a massive disadvantage in school, and so did anybody who was in class with me. They just didn't even seem aware that they were staring at me, like, like they were spacing out. And maybe that's why it took so long to learn how to read. And by the way, I'm pretty good at Rubik's Cubes, so I probably have an Einstein-level brain that wasn't brought to the Einstein level. I would assume I was the only person in the world who had this happening to them. I mean, and, and I don't know how I managed to navigate this, because, you know, when I, when I walked on the sidewalk, there were multiple occasions where uh, a driver glanced betwixt my eyeballs and got stuck watching the, not the road, watching me. And then, you know, he or she or they crashed into a lamppost. So I had to figure out how the world worked at top speed. I became aware of every single element in my surroundings. And I had to, or else the chef would burn food on the stove. It's been a while since I explained this. I got called Little Angel a lot. People talked to me like they wanted their own. Same way you talk to a rare dog breed. It's not like I was really listened to. It could be a privilege sometimes. A girl in my class asked me out when we were six, but I wasn't raised with enough personality to want any specific people as friends. When someone talked to me, I responded. I miss being five. And they never even realized that they were staring at me. Like you, right now, detective. Don't make excuses. Just 
Look, this happens whenever my face is in view. Just remind yourself to actively blink. If you don't try to blink actively, you just won't. By the way, my mom runs that company that makes boat paint and my dad coaches Olympic sprinters. The success is usually inherited. This is important context. I'm not just saying this to be weird about, like, fuck. So, I was born with hip dysplasia, which was caught late, so the doctors kept telling my parents to take me out of running until they eventually did. But we didn't have arguments, and I was popular at dinner parties, so they set me up for other opportunities. That was when I started chess. I liked chess right away because I could remind people to stop looking at me, and it, and it wasn't weird. Your move. All I had to say was your move, and the teacher would stop staring. Back then, I must have been, like, seven. Like, unhappy I wasn't six. Having a personality didn't benefit me at that age. Caring wasn't what I did. And here's the thing, I wasn't really expected to win. I was set up with chess for the aesthetic. And yet, while nobody was looking, I learned. It was a game of deduction. <laughs> my parents looked down the hallway and just saw me in the study with my teacher moving elegant mini statues over a table. My teacher just saw a dumb little angel in me, like, like a painting of a poised little person. But I was turning my brain into a calculator. I was, I was crawling inside his mind. And the calculator was, was breaking it all down into formulae. They shouldn't have let me have chess. I remember the first time I beat him. I said, your move, but he had no moves left. I opened my hand and showed him his queen. I was eight. And then they were fucked. They were all dead to me the moment that I learned for the first time. Games were the only thing I liked in the pre-twink era. I mean, not, not games as in like a screen or a board. I mean games with risks. Then my parents made a big show of pairing me up with harder and harder players. And, and my mom didn't get that I could just not be ready. I made some, dec uh, I made, I made some decent moves, but I, I was set up to be checked over and over and over and over by aspiring grandmasters with serious person leather patches on their elbows. And that's when my second game started. I stole things. I calculated the opponent's attention and motivations. Then the work was in my pocket. It was a game of deduction. Sleight of hand is just a mind game. Mind game, that's the word for it. You know, it's hard to resist something like that. And I was competitive. I, I was ready to burn them all. Now, then, I, then I frightened them and I bested them. I was their little devil instead. To be honest with you, I did and didn't know that everyone was stuck staring at me. I learned to cope with it before I realized what was happening. But, you know, nobody stared at the camera and TV shows, and they would all look around. That was concerning. And puberty hit me hard. And, and I'm also just so hard to please. And, and my parents were catching on to my kleptomania. They're like, oh, 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 I remember stealing... <laughs> a good Charlotte sticker in middle school, and, and I, I had to silently watch my family cut up and eat their steak dinner with green beans. Fucking love green beans. You know, and, and then I ran to my, I ran to my room, and I, and I punched a hole in the wall because green beans are fucking good, and, and, you know, and then I cried because punching a wall is fucking bad for you. It's bad for your fucking bones in your hand. And, and then, you know, and then I broke my brother's Xbox controller because I was a legitimately bad person. I think I was missing being 12. So, like, I must have 
I must have been like 13 or... Huh, that... That's a weird way to think of it, right? How am I doing that? What, what am I... Okay, fine, fine, moving on. Um, this, this is where it gets easier to remember. Let's talk about, uh, about high school. Um, we were put into a private school called the Holy Cross. No, not, not the, just... You can think of Roslyn as being an all-brick kind of place, you know? The Holy Cross had a reddish brick facade and then a massive cross in front. What? what? I'm, I'm painting you like, like a word picture. When I got to high school, the performance was over. When I was in my car, I blasted music as much as possible so y'all kept distance. If someone complained, I cranked it up so the bass vibrated their insides pretty much, and then they got, you know, weird vibes and left. I met Glory pretty quickly in freshman year, and then her friends were my friends. Bobby wasn't representative of the group or anything, but he was like the friendly mascot boy. It was pretty common to hide knives in our uniforms, although we didn't really use those. I don't know. High school was... I don't know. High school was when I figured out all the things that were going on. Like, that I was weird, and my life was weird. And, you know, I I could articulate that to my... I, I, I could articulate that to my friends. Starting in someone's basement at 11 p.m. And then, eventually, it just became the kind of thing you confessed to the new regular at our lunch table. I was tired of it. So I stole shit. I got my ears pierced. I played around in detention. I came out as bi out of spite. I, I made out with... <laughs> Sorry. I kissed some girl's boyfriend. Sorry, that one girl. And I, I also did this thing where you would say to me something like, you know, you're actually so handsome. Your parents gave you good genes. And then I'd say, I hope your mom dies, Jenny. Or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. I didn't reinvent the wheel of conversations. But yeah, man. The, the only time... The only... I was... I, I, Look, I was only ever responding to expectations of me being weak and passive instead of living independently of those expectations. And in my mind, like, this is funny. I I register that as a game too. And the win condition was being as annoying and hated as imaginably possible, which I did great at. My parents got really bad, and then there was Alaska. Oh, Alaska, I haven't told you a, a thing about him. <sighs> Alaska kept a straight spine, and Alaska felt important in every conversation. I mean, I, I mean, he, he couldn't figure out like this mind gamesy puzzle thinking stuff, but his look, his charisma was more of a of a of a, like a, a raw thing, you know. I'm talking like the fawns hitting a jukebox and it's suddenly working type shit. It, it's like he walked into the room and, and the air just, it, it changed. It changed. It was different. It was, it, it was the opposite of a, a ghost, which is, which is funny considering he, um, I don't, I, I don't know. Look, he, he just needed five seconds of saying how his day was going and you were, you were locked in. It was, it was like he had a script or something. He, you were just waiting for each next word. And then he was just telling you that, that the backyard pool was cold. That's all he was saying. And, and you were so into it. It was so precise that the man didn't stutter a day in his life. Absolutely no self-doubt. So naturally, this dude was a stupid narcissistic butthole. But when you were like Alaska, you kind of had to be. You, you, you're not able 
be the way he was, to be as 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 sure and 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 reassured of yourself as he was by caring about anybody but yourself. You, you can't be right as much as he was right while taking someone else's feelings into consideration. You just you can't do it. And 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 Alaska was the type of guy who was comfortable with that weight, being okay with knowing that his greatest strength was his, probably his greatest flaw. But like, it didn't feel like that. It never felt like that, you know? And, and he, was, he, he was always listened to because he was, you know, a, a man's man. Like, look, he, he was like way more masculine than me and he was actually listened to because people are shitty like that. And, and, you know, my dad just encouraged us to chase each other around and he went from being faster to four times as fast. And it wasn't even like he was especially training hard. It just, things came easy to him. I mean, I, I, I think there's something wrong with my body, like, like anemia or, I mean, I, I guess I was like, the anorexia came later. I, I was, I was busy with my rebellion against nothing, like, an aesthetic without ideology or politics, which <laughs> don't have to worry about anymore, comrade. <laughs> uh, look, I started dating my friend Tyler to be controversial, and you know, that's why I got the poopy beaten out of me. And you know, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much everything you don't know. No, I mean, I, I, can, I mean, I, I can talk more about that. Um, I don't, I don't care. Um, it was a Catholic school. So even if most people at the school were Jewish, there was a handful of Catholic kids with shiny cross necklaces, and a lot of those were the outspoken white supremacists who were too mean to be popular. Almost all of them were firefighters or friends with firefighters or family of firefighters. It's weird because my group was so adjacent to the firefighters where we knew all of them, like Glory Slept with a firefighter who couldn't find the vaginal opening. It was a bad word in our school, like firefighter was a bad word. And if you hit a switchblade in your jacket or you were in detention more than once a month, you probably had beef with a firefighter. Me and Tyler could gently graze our pinky fingers next to each other and the firefighters would scream and cry and piss their fucking pants, you know, which sucked for them because they were stuck looking at me. Same as everybody else. I almost got suspended from all the fights that I was having with the firefighters. Like, well, actually there were, there were two exceptions. Um, the first was that, like... After I came out, Alaska was way rough on me compared to any firefighter. The second was Logan. Haven't you heard a certain program? Yours? Mine? Logan and me were hating each other from under the table from the early episodes, you know? Like, it was was low-key. Logan was a bully. He... (laughs) He leaf... Okay, wait. He made, like, a tree and leafed me bleeding in the dirt. And it was, it was raining and, and everything. It was, I mean, it, it, was, it was dramatic, you know? Even now, Logan isn't, like, in the top two of my closest friends. When we trade really dumb drawings of each other, like, we pass notes back and forth. They're just, they're just drawings of clowns that are labeled you with a big arrow. It's, I mean, it's, like, tense and shit, you know? There's, there's a lot going on under the water surface, like, you know, it, it's like water that hide things, hides things, it, right? 
You said, what? I mean, I was literally about to talk about Alaska anyway. Like, I was already gonna. For one of Alaska's senior pranks, one of them, he was gonna get a cow into the school's second floor because, you know, like, cows can go upstairs, but they can't go down. Cows are just like, they weigh a metric fuck ton, and their front legs are too spindly to hold their fat bodies when they lean forward, so going downstairs makes them think they're gonna die, and annoying kids fantasize that they'll put a cow in the second story of a building, thereby making everybody stuck with a cow that they don't know what to do with. I refused to get involved with his jest, because, you know, at the time, I hated fun. Presumably why I hated myself, too. Uh, but, you know, I digress. Um, his cow procuring plan really fell through the water, so I managed to pity him. Up until he got on the cable news for throwing a Halloween party in April, where he used real missing people's posters for decorations. He left the posters stapled to trees in the woods, and when hikers found them, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, they just assumed it was some kind of cult-like ritual or, or a trail of hints from an apathetic serial murderer. Then I went back to pretending my brother didn't deserve human rights and wasn't related to me, which, boy, did that help everybody involved. Fucking stupid ass. Uh, yeah, and, and then he graduated. And he got kicked out of the house because he was just a high school track star and he wasn't an Olympic star. He didn't actually have a plan, and then he went on to live on other people's couches, which I was, I was okay with that. Then Alaska died. School came back a couple weeks after that. Turned out some, some of uh, Alaska's buddies actually managed to get a cow onto the second floor for their own prank, and it was living off of hay for a few months, actually. We were all outside on the sidewalk, and they had this crane that was using that they you know, were going to use to procure the cow from the second floor window. And the cow was just hanging from ropes. It looked upset, and, and I was looking for a strategic position to make sure it wouldn't throw up on me. But, you know, while this cow was hanging from a crane, nobody was watching. Nobody was watching the cow. They were watching me. And they told me I looked sad. I skipped some school. I needed to get away from people. And then it was 2020, and, I mean, you know how that went. Um... I didn't have to skip classes, and I've worn a mask ever since. The goggles came later. That year, I realized Alaska was right about our parents. I'm skipping a step here, but, you know, that's, that's a story for another time. Then I tried to move to Staten Island, didn't have the funds, and failed like my parents always said I would. I spent two years not killing myself because I have a dog and I want to feed them every day for the rest of their life. I went blonde. Then I spent a year working on solving my brother's murder. Now I'm here. We... Oh, hi. Who is this speaking to you? It's me, Cameron Lebrun, the person who kind of made this show along with a bunch of other people. Uh, this is less of an ad and more of me telling you about stuff that we have coming out. Main really big announcement. We have a bonus episode that's going to be coming out next week. How do you listen to it? Behind a paywall. But wait, <laughs> episode 15.5, there is a free way to listen to it and there is a paid way to listen to it. The free way is that we will have a listening party in a week from now. 
on Thursday. There's a Discord server. We're not using it to get your information. There's no way for you to pay us through the Discord server. This is all very innocent. Just go. <laughs> if if you want to have fun with us, if you want to hang out, maybe you'll even meet some of the cast. We have a listening party on the fan community Discord. Come to that. It'll be a great time. It'll be the best. Okay, what's the paid way to listen to this episode? Because you only get to hear it once on the fan community Discord, right? If you want to help uh, support the show, you can come become a patron on Patreon. You'll get in the credits. Boo in Denver will say your name. We'll be posting lots of cool stuff soon. But most importantly, there's episode 15.5 is coming out soon. The bonus episode is called The Glory Days, and it is a flashback episode, which includes the younger version of almost every character also we have an album coming out soon it's going to include the song that joe sings but don't 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 worry about that yet just remember bonus episode but also like if you like that song there will be an album but focus on the bonus episode there's a bonus episode you'll love it or not i hope you'll love it all right not but for real um thank you to lavender kazi thank you to grinley spa thank you to emma thank you to lily carlton thank you to cj taylor caldwell thank you to nicole collard Thank you to Sarah. Thank you to Brad Goopel. Thank you to Lace Ann. Thank you to Shep. Thank you to Antigone. Thank you to Andrew Roper. Did I say your name twice? No, I didn't. Thank you to Ash. Thank you to Shoshi. Thank you to Shoshi and Ash. I think they're friends. <laughs> they joined at the same time. Thank you to Livin' Luxuriously Selena. I love your name. I hope you're out there living luxuriously. Have a great day. It really means a lot that you are helping us through Patreon. Um, I was really sad because we lost some people through Patreon during the highest. Have a great day, everybody. Also, if you're not on the Patreon, have a good day to you. Have a good day to you also. If you're never going to get on the Patreon, have a great day. Okay, see you guys. Been good seeing you. Bye. Joe Magaro. <laughs> okay, so when I was in high school, I did this really dumb thing. <laughs> I pretended I was getting seizures. Sometimes it was fainting, sometimes it was seizures, and everybody would come help. They threw the chairs out of the way, they ran to me, and you know, at the end when I saw them, they felt so bad for me. Except well, one person, someone you know. By the way, I'm an empath. Did you know that? Because I can, like, see people's feelings. In essence, like, colors mix up, like, clouds on a man or a woman's torso. Any gender assignment or orientation or, like, gay or bi. Booze bi. Did you know that? It was, like, any torso. And, for example, when I opened my eyes and, oh, everybody was worried about me. Like, that emotion was swirling. You know, like like blue laundry in a washing machine. You know, it was just swirling, swirling. And then a, like a prick of yellow in the middle of the collarbones. You know, just a prick. You know, because pity is very sharp. Everybody pitied me except for Emma. Yeah, your Emma, my Emma, Emma Wooten. She looked at me and she barely felt anything at all. And from that moment, I knew I was going to kick her ass. But then I didn't. I took the high road. Anyway, she didn't care at all that I was sick. Whatever. Let's move on. Okay. 
for background, I always wanted to be a singer. Honey, when I heard Kesha, I knew. I knew! And then in jail, I made friends with this music producer. He's, like, pretty viral. She's actually, she's very big on Long Island. And she got me in the studio, and we made a demo. It was, like, no big deal or anything. The spotlight on me. So I brought that song to the school talent show. And I looked in the audience. People didn't understand the song, I can tell you that. You know, empath. People are stupid. And guess who was there? Emma. Emma was staring at me and she felt nothing. That fucked me up. That was PTSD. I knew I had to to take it up a notch. You know, I had to show all of my haters that I was worth giving a shit about, you know? And I said to my producer, I like this. Now make me a pop star. My dad was pissed about me doing this because he didn't want me to get distracted instead of becoming grown and mature. Plus, he didn't want my name in any headlines. But I, like, I had to keep going. Oh, I feel so good telling this story. Oh, thank you for listening to me and my parlare. Okay, so listen to this. This is where the story really starts. My producer said, okay, you know, we'll post the song somewhere. And I said, wait, I'm going to get even better. And I kept singing in front of my friends every day, every day, every day. I'd sing and I'd see how their emotions shifted like a little bit when I changed my singing style. Sometimes I started to practice singing, you know, in my room with the door closed. I did my vocal exercises and then I did my song. And then, all right, are are you superstitious? Okay, because, all right, listen to this. Sometimes when I sang, I heard two voices. There was my voice and then there was uh, another voice. And I mean, this... I tried singing in a janitor's closet. I thought maybe it was an echo, you know, like here's the wall and here's my voice and the voice is like bouncing back maybe, or you know, or maybe somebody was pranking me, (laughs) you know, like somebody was playing a recording. But even in that janitor's closet, it always happened. And it, it happened every single time I was alone. And I tried showing my friends like Dylan and Dan, I think like you know them. And they said I was crazy, but they were like definitely messing with me, I think. But it's like I could hear the second voice whenever I was alone, right? And every time I heard it, it was kind of like it was getting closer. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it. No, I didn't. I did not like that. And I'm, I'm very passive as a person. You know, like I have trouble making decisions without people telling me what to do. But change is, a, is something you decide to do. So I stopped singing a little bit at a time. And things were normal for a while. But then the producer texted me and she said she booked me a performance. I mean, it was like it was an opener, nothing big. But, you know, I never heard a whole crowd of people cheering for me. And I wanted to help her. So, you know, so I couldn't say no. 
Because, and you know, also, it was right by the school. <laughs> and can you imagine, like, what if Emma heard me? My number one hater was gonna hear me, and I was gonna blow her mind. And then, you know, I was on my way to be the singer I always wanted to be. And everything came into place. Every rehearsal was better. My abusive ex-boyfriend came to me like, who are you? You know, I mean, I was transforming. I practiced, you know. In fact, I practiced so hard, my voice got deeper. That happens, apparently. It's fucking wild. And I had this vision that was, I mean, it was coming out of me. So I went to Glory and I said, I really, I like the songs you write about people in hospitals. Let's write this song together. And then I went to my producer and I said, these are the new lyrics to the song. And I handed her the sheet and she was reading through this, you know, scene, the lyrics about the nurse becoming desperate for power. And the I saw the cell death part was creeping her out. You know, I could tell just from like looking at her and this was all getting to her. And I said, no, don't you shrivel up. This is going to be a performance that nobody will ever forget. And you either are going to let me do this or I leave. And she went with it. And then I hired backup dancers. You know, I got a crew, too. I got a crew. And the other voice came back sometimes, but I, like, I figured out how to ignore it. And then I wanted a wall of lights, you know, to sort of halo us. So I had a few of my buddies help out in, in putting together a wall of lights, you know, the way we, we wanted it to look. And, and my producer, like, tried to shut me down, but I told her I'd leave, and she just kept going with it. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, anyways, then, in between hate-fucking, this producer's boyfriend, I had this moment of, like, total post-orgasm clarity. And I thought, suddenly, we need props. You know? And that was when it became a story. And it was getting so much bigger than any of us. You know? And, oh, my... I also... I had a whole look that I figured out. I mean, it was gorgeous. I did my nails over and over and over until they were perfect, right? They were, okay, so they were three inches long. They were like nude colored with this sequin pattern. And the gown, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so okay, so what we did is I had these like awful sort of like medical scrubs that I'd wear, but then it, they would tear away into this stunning gown. And then, but I also wanted to make sure that the second voice wasn't a problem, right? I'm like planning ahead, I'm looking ahead. So I got it on video. But everybody kept telling me that I was crazy and I needed to stop talking about Emma and the voices. So I just kept ignoring the voice. I wanted everything to be perfect. You know, perfect. And if I was pissing myself because I was too busy for the bathroom, that's nobody's business. You know, no one could stop me. I, yeah, I coughed up so much blood back then. And then, well, it was a, it was, it was a Sunday. And we were singing, I think it was uh, Here I Am. Lord, and the organist was pounding hard on those keys, you know, until it rang out into these awful, like, tea kettle sounds. And down in between two pews, a face was watching me. And I could say, you know, it was someone in the pews over there. And, but it was me. And I couldn't figure out how I was looking at me if I was me, you know? And she was singing. If I, well, if I was me, Right? How could, you know, I, how could I from this body, right, be, anyways, it was, it was so stupid, I just ignored it. It's fucking stupid that that would happen. It doesn't make sense. And, and nobody believed me. 
And when my, I'm sorry, when her, her lips scrunched up for the lyrics, the cheeks flapped around like fish meat. And I called the producer and I said, we have, we got to cancel. But she was pissed. You know, she's like, oh, I did a million things to keep you on this project and it's too late for you now. And when I tried, you know, my harder persuasion, she hung up on me. So I, you know, I don't know. I took time off practicing. But still, next Sunday, I saw her. Me, her. Squatting in the pews and singing. And she was, you know, within 33 feet, of course. So that time, everything's changed. Yeah, because when I looked at her torso, I could see what she was feeling. You know, uh, I'm an empath. I was, sorry, I told you that? Yeah. And so I can, right? Like, I know people's emotions. And I saw that inside that soul of hers, she was blood red. She was out for poison. All that red, it was it was gelling together all over her shoulders. And, she, you know, so that tells me that she is is swelling with greed. So I had to know, you know, what did I want from me? She. Sorry, I said she, right? What did what did she want from me? What did she want? What did she want from me? You know what I think? I smell blood in the water. We're talking about a crowd of people cheering for her and herself, becoming a symbol of rapture. She wanted the kind of fame that pulls angels down from heaven just to type out on the internet, I love you. I love you. Please never die. Live forever. Die never. Sign my brain in permanent fucking marker. I was about to change the world. And this time, the world would see it with its own eyes. And everyone was going to be happy when I walked into the room. I was about to be famous. And she was jealous. So... Let me tell you about what happened next. So then it was the real sound check. You know, they had to they had to do it at a separate location from the show, and it was in a bar, like a big dark bar, and the crew was not happy about my wall of lights and the props and the extra, you know, prep time the hairspray needed to set, but whatever. They came around to the adjustments and I was patient with them and and I went up onto the stage, and all the little people in the audience looked up from their chairs at the back of the room and they looked at me. And they had stars in their eyes. And they had pink in their souls. And she wasn't singing with me this time, right? She, I, she didn't want to out herself, I guess. But she was standing in the corner. And that was a threat. And I wasn't going to let her crush my dream. So then it's the day of the performance. And it was by the lake, in the village, right by the clock tower. And me and the backup dancers had stations to get ready. And we, you know, we put on our war paint, you know. That's what my grandma calls it. Isn't that cute? Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, and anyways, okay, so we, we had a key to the lock on our green room, right, for our own safety. And I waited for all the backup dancers to finish getting ready. They tried talking to me, and I was like, don't talk to me right now. They were just being bitches. Anyway, so then they left. And so I was alone in the green room. Right, you know, and so I, I, and I inhaled, you know, into my diaphragm, and I started singing. And you know what? I realized she was in the corner, 
I just, like, realized it. And she was singing with me. She started dragging her feet towards me, slowly, slowly. And so then I ran for the door. I ran for it, and I locked her inside. And I was singing with her, and I heard her singing behind that door. And then, you know, I had to get to the stage. I didn't need a mirror. I didn't need anything. I put it all on while I strutted, you know, like this. I stepped into the boots like it was nothing. The gloves rolled up my arms. I let my hair down. I walked into it while she was, you know, still like banging on that door. I'm hearing her bang on that door. But there's not enough love to go around, right? That's what I was thinking to myself. So it was all mine. And I heard my music starting, but it, but it was too, I mean, it came in too early. It wasn't, it wasn't time yet. You know, I wasn't on my mark yet. The timing was wrong. I was still backstage, you know? And so I started, I was like, shit, I started to run for it. And my heel broke. So I was running with a broken heel. And then I heard, I heard the singing started, right? The, I mean, the singing started, but I wasn't singing. So I, t- I turned the corner and I got to the wing of the stage and I saw her on the stage that was mine. God help me I watch the people die. I, I had to stop her. I had to do something. But who can so I stepped up onto the stage. were staring at me. A couple of them sidestepped into each other. And then I looked out into the crowd. I looked, and they were enamored. I know I They were trying to figure out how I did this, because they really thought it was my plan. <laughs> and I wasn't crazy. They could see her, and they loved me. I coughed up some blood on that stage. And she kept dancing and smiling. You know, she didn't have to practice or work like I did. I didn't know what to do. So I just fucking attacked her. She was literally ducking and weaving and the audience was They were into it. They really thought it was all an act. But she was really like me because, you know what? She knew how to pull a punch. That thing, that creature started gesturing for me to come closer. And I did. My legs cramped up and they started moving under me and my arms were moving around me. And it was all in time with her. She was controlling me. What are you doing to me? What what is this? And she brought my hands around her throat. And she forced me to choke her. And changed my mind. Oh, no. She went quiet. So was the audience. And I looked to the audience 
and I delved in and I took Emma by the throat and I started to choke her. There was no fear in her while I was choking her to death. I'm an empath. You know that, you know, right? I bet you can tell. Like, I'm an empath, and I couldn't see any bit of fear inside of her while I was on the verge of taking her out forever. And that was when it finally clicked in me. This whole time, it wasn't that Emma was unimpressed. It was that I couldn't read her. And I still can't. Emma Wooten is empty on the inside. I didn't see any feeling from her because she doesn't feel. And me, I mean, I was worth it. The whole time. Oh, I mean, the joy I felt. The absolute, beautiful, overwhelming joy. Uh, The answer was inside of me all along. I was pink again. Or you can die. It's all just part of the song. The violence is just part of the performance. Isn't this the best show you've ever seen? Nobody will ever look away. Aren't you going out of your mind? Aren't we all out of our fucking minds? Sing it for me. I should sing. And I spent the next couple of months in a padded room. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. It was just a regular mental hospital. And that girl's body was never found. Nobody will ever believe me. <laughs> Draw. Workshop. Arena. Has Glory Pollution. Okay. I. Okay. Your. Pollution and mystery, gradient, master, and 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 ground, 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 in the ground, in, not outside, homework, hallway, met Boo with a handshake. Hey there, pretty boy. Do you come here often? Flower, cafeteria. I told him my name is. My name is. Handshake, our fingerless gloves got tangled too. I devoured. Formula. Fist. Flipped the, the sands of the time. 
ground, 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 in the ground, from the start, with his hand. He was mine, but I never had to be anything but like a chameleon. Like eat words and you never know what look like. I'll take all of you over. Look up and see me. Please. Please look up. Wheat. Remark. Remain. Ground. 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 In the ground. Mom! I don't need a fucking job! I'll get in! I just need one more year and... Hello? Hello? I just wanted to confirm that I wasn't accepted. Snakes? Portuguese? What's the phone? My name is Glory Ground. Ground. I left boxes at Amazon. Hey, pretty boy. I like your voice. Let me hear more of it. Give me everything. More words. More. I'll eat them and steal them and turn them into glory. Turn them into glory. Turn them into glory. And then. And then. And then. Forget! You really like chess. Yeah. What do you like about it? I know what you're getting at. Hmm? Oh, okay. Psych. Forget that. Do you? I think I'm gonna head inside and grab Starbucks before I go. It's been good. Starbucks. To you, boo. I'm good. Don't buy me shit, okay? You really read my mind there. I just. I don't like what Starbucks corporate is doing these days. That's just, you know, my choice for my own comfort. People think I'm going to freak out. It's just like, you really think I give a crap, huh? It's like... I love that you knew it. Uber behavior. You knew exactly what I was going to (laughs) do. You're obvious, so it's just response time. What were you going to say before? What's that? Before you said, do you, and then proceeded to not finish your sentence. Honestly, don't really give a fuck, so... Do you see chess everywhere? Huh. That's a... That's a weird question. Have you heard of the philosophy called if all you have is a hammer? You're smiling. No. You really do like chess. Maybe you've been having fun this whole time. Okay, solving Alaska's death isn't a game to me. I didn't say anything about Alaska. Okay, psych. Uh, I just mentioned that because... You know, it's been fun, you know, because of who I've been around. Joe and everybody else, and... Really? It's been fun for you? You do trust them? You calling me fake? You don't like that? You don't like being called fake? That's okay. Read my mind. We are not... Friends. So, you don't have to tell me who is and who isn't your friend. I'll learn how to play the game, okay? (laughs) But... But? If you did do it, Boo, if you killed Alaska, we're fucked. I don't think I'll be able to outplay you. I don't think anybody can. I'm sure you'll figure something out. No. No. If it was you, if it was really you, You've been overlooked by everyone you've met from day one to here. When you took your mask off, I could see your eyes, Boo. They don't see how you're analyzing everything. 
There are killers that we have never heard about Boo. Never. Because they've never been found. I hope. I really hope that you're not one of them, Boo. Well, Denver. Guess you have to pray it's not me. Come on, man. Let's just... Let's shake on it. Doesn't matter who did it. Do you think you can beat me? May the best man win. And that's the show. Thank you for listening. This is a podcast produced by The Ghost Factory. My name is Cameron LeBron, and I'm now going to be reading you the credits. But by the way, next episode release date. We do have a bonus episode coming out on Patreon in a week. But if you want to skip the bonus episode, tune in in two weeks. Mark it on your calendar. Two weeks, Thursday, June 29th, for episode 16. Mirror Memoria, part one. It's part one of the season finale. I am the writer, director, and head of this project. My name is Cameron LeBron, and this show would not be possible without my amazing script editor, Katrina Clairvoyant. Our assistant producer is Lorena De Leon. The, mu- the wonderful music is by Thor Spieler, and yours truly, that's me. <laughs> this episode features an incredible song called One Two. Yes, I wrote it, but it sounds good because it was mixed by Izzy Mix. That is One Two, mixed by Izzy Mix. The sound design was done by Andres Puitrago and Austin Blackwell. Welcome to the family, Austin. Austin did all of the sound design for Joe's monologue. That includes the concert scene. I know, it's incredible. It's amazing. The mix and master is done by Chris Zagorchev and Manis Kunder. The art that was done by Bella Wynn, Locke Reinhardt, and Dorito Falls. Bobby York is played by Kyle Parker. Logan Goldberg is played by Trent Trachtenberg. Emma Wooten is played by Liz Mina. Boo Curtis is played by Alex Red. Finn Denver is played by Joseph Katembo. Lori Johnson is played by Lindsay Zana. And in this episode, Joe Magaro is played by Sally Roberts. The other Joe is also played by Sally Roberts. And Glory's mother, guess who? It's played by Sally Roberts. Amazing. We have a bunch of crowd voices. Some of the significant ones were voiced by Emma Janisi, Amy Margolis, Emily Ellsworth, David Duquelis, Alex LaRondelle, and Jaronson Garcia. If you hear some really heartbreaking sobbing, at the very end of Joe's monologue, that is Emily Ellsworth. So everybody mentally clap your hands for Emily Ellsworth. And of course, this show would not be possible without our patrons on Patreon. We have Lavender Kazi, Brinley Spa, Emma, Lily Carlton, CJ Taylor Caldwell, Nicole Collard, Brad Goopel, Lace Ann, Shep, Antigone, Andrew Roper, Ash, Shoshi, and Livin' Luxuriously Selena. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you in two weeks for episode 16. 